You're listening to the Community Pulse Podcast, a podcast on developer relations, community management, and everything in the tech community spectrum. Welcome your hosts, Mary Thangball, Jason Hand, and PJ Haggerty. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 31, the final episode of 2018 of Community Pulse. My name is PJ Haggerty, and I am at Aspletic on Twitter. My name is Mary Thingwell. I'm at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. And I'm Jason Hand. I'm at Jason Hand on Twitter. And before we get too into it, one of the biggest developments of 2018 was we have a sponsor. So uh, let's share a little bit more about that. Are you building cloud applications with Java, AI, machine learning, serverless, and containers? IBM Developer provides a large number of code patterns, sample applications, articles, tutorials, and videos to help you build faster. All code is available on GitHub. You can incorporate any code into existing applications or use it to start a new application. Simply go to developer.ibm.com to access IBM Developer resources and start building. Find us on Twitter at, at IBM Developer. Cool. So 2018. It's been um, a long year. I've, I've yeah. been seeing a lot of people. Year. It seems that the, the benchmark of 2018 is to point out that the movie Black Panther came out this year. Um, which I think it's <laughs> funny because not only is that true that the movie Black Panther came out the years, it came out in like April. Like right. it feels like Black Panther came out two years ago. It was such a great movie. Mm-hmm. It was rushed to DVD a little bit. Let's it, be honest. It, it was rushed to DVD to get out of the way for Infinity Wars. We can get into the whole racial start, cultural situation there, but that's another way. Oh um, anyway, but I mean, like it came out in April, which is only eight months ago. And yes, that's the benchmark. People are saying like, dude, Black Panther came out this year. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. and I think part of it, I mean, we were, we were just talking through our previous episodes from this year and going through and I'm sitting there going, wait, that one was 2018? Hang exactly. on, but that one was forever ago. There's no way that that was 2018. It's been a lot of big things. It's been, yeah. It's, it's been, been a long year for a lot of us. Like some big landmark things that kind of like separate separate all the other um, what yeah. should be sort of normal and routine. Then it makes it feel like yeah. it's visible. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And I mean, if, if we look back, so we started all the way last year in January with an episode where we just calmly, the three of us just calmly sat down and talked about meetups and kind of discussing where things were going to go for the year. And I think the irony there is, um, essentially this, you know, we all, all three of us work in the community and it's interesting because essentially what this, this podcast really is, is kind of a meetup. Um, we bring in new people. We're kind of the meetup organizers. We bring in people to talk about what they want to talk about and people out there in the community. It's like, it's like a blind meetup. They don't, we don't know who's listening to us. Um, it's like a, 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 a meetup with like a reverse mirror. I don't know. This is just all coming off the top of my head right now. Um, but like, I never I really thought about this. Tell that, but you know, yeah, it's, it's, Wait, this is not us, thought out. Did you want us to tell you you were going off the wheels? No, 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 no. I, I know when I'm going off. But yeah. I mean, you, you've got a, you've got a, a, a right perspective in there somewhere in amidst all of the rambling. Like, and we've said this from the start that a lot of this is just, you know, we're asking questions about particular things and we're trying to figure out what does make a good meetup. Are Brandon meetups worth it? How does this work? I'm like, Oh, maybe we should do an episode about that. Um, exactly. Well, about, it's almost, you know, look, looking through, it's almost the timeline of exactly the same questions that we had for ourselves. So mm-hmm, I'm, looking, 
I'm looking at back, you know, past episodes and like what we talked about. We had, <clears throat> we had Kelsey Hightower on talking about um, imposter syndrome, which is probably mm-hmm. I can I can imagine now if I went back and like looked at my calendar, that was about when I was thinking about taking that job with Microsoft and just all the things that were I was freaking out about. Um, right. I, so it's kind of a fun little um, is it a bibli- bibliography? would be the right term for this oh, like epilogue logically like accurate to like what was top of mind for us yeah right. exactly i mean in a way i think we should celebrate maybe you know they talk about taking stock of what you've done here we should celebrate the fact that we're lucky enough to actually have like a a log of what our thoughts mm-hmm. were at specific at 12 specific points throughout this year right right no, it's, because, it's been a good year. I think we've had a lot of awesome guests. We've talked through a lot of really cool things. Um, well, we went through almost the entire DevRel cycle of like what it's like to be new in DevRel, how right? to hire people in a DevRel. Once you've gotten the job, how do you submit to a CFP? Like what works? And then like Jason mm-hmm. said, imposter syndrome, because now you've got the job and you're like, do I deserve this job? Does right? anyone deserve this job? <laughs> But, and yeah. then how you work with your team and other departments mm-hmm. and how, and you, of course, how yeah. you actually wind up taking time off. Yes. Easily, easily. That's an award-winning episode. Um, yeah. I'm quite shocked actually. We didn't get some award for that. I'm, I'm, I'm printing them up as we speak, Jay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to a 3d printer and just get like two, I don't know, dudes sitting on couches or something like be like for the award for most laid back podcast community pulse for fun employment and down to time episode 26. We really nailed it. Uh, I be offended that we've never gotten an award for the podcast before. And the one that you're saying deserves an award is one of the few that I wasn't on. <laughs> you were so relaxed. You didn't even show up. <laughs> That's fair. You were actually on vacation, which is why you were not on that podcast. That's fair. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yes, indeed. But yeah, I mean, no, I, it's been, We've covered a lot good, of stuff this year. Cycle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what helped with that too is uh, at the beginning of the year, Jason was very adamant about soliciting feedback during, during our podcast. And we've gotten some, some, some in person. Um, the number of people that have walked up to me this year and be like, yo, I listen to community policy. It's awesome. Um, has been fantastic. Like that is literally my favorite thing is when people are like, yo, you did a thing and I like it. And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that people have been more forthcoming. I know there's a, there's actually quite a few people that subscribe on uh, a regular basis. Um, Joel, if you're listening up to this up in Toronto, it's awesome to have you listening to the podcast again. You know what I want to shout out to Joel. I won't use last names, but I just decided for 2019, I heard this from, um, Christina Warren, one of my coworkers on, she does this on her show. If we run into somebody like out at a, at a conference or just, at one of our events or something like one of our, one of our people who actually do listen to the show, you know, all, all six or seven of you. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, like st- say, you know, say something like come up and say hello and let's like have a drink and, and like learn more about each other and more of like how we can help each other. Cause I'm finding, I'm finding that there are people out there that they're just not coming up and saying hi. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's always nice to hear, Hey, I, I, I catch your show. I love it. Like all these different things, but I would love to actually like, you know, have a, a real life conversation with some people at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Goal of mine for 2019. 2019 yes. goals. We're already, we're already moving ahead to 2019. Can't wait. I hope it's, it's a somewhat more uh, timely year. It's just, you know, this one was a long one. 
Um, I know for me, uh, Mary and I were talking about this before we started recording. 32 events, uh, 29 talks, and then three events where I, I participated but did not speak. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm now exhausted. Uh, yeah. But I was able to hit four continents this year, which is pretty cool, um, which brings my career total up to five. Um, nice. But uh, there was a talk in the in the DevRel Slack channel about this Antarctic conf that's going on and kind of the, the wouldn't it be great if, but it is mm-hmm. extremely sad. Would you two be down? Would you go on it? Because it's, it's like a fly to Peru, do some talks get on a cruise for like two weeks and by cruise they mean like it's like a it's like a big shipping thing it's not a cruise cruise there's no free yeah, it is. is it really yeah it is it's a full-blown it's a regular cruise it's an actual cruise the talks are on the cruise the conference is on the cruise everything's on the cruise it's a 16-day cruise and the only reason i know all of this is because i was just looking at the website before we hopped on here <laughs> <laughs> so clearly that's a maybe from mary uh, would you, would you mean like, it's a, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Um, it's also a fair amount of money and they're, they're saying openly, like, look, given the expense we can't cover, we can't promise to cover speaker travel. Well, yeah, it's like six. Um, that's preposterous. It's what I don't it's understand. 35, they're estimating 3,500 per person. I just don't know how I can justify it with the bosses. Like, who, who's my yeah. audience I'm trying to get that's in Antarctica? Yeah. I think the argument is like they, are, they, are, they are captive. Yeah. They're well, and so here's, so here's the interesting – and here's the interesting thing from my perspective. Like, one of the things that, that I always walk away from conferences thinking is that I wish I had had more time to spend with the people who were there, right? Like, I wound up with – too many sessions I was attending or too many meetings that I had or too many, too much work to do that I got pulled away from. And if you have 16 days on a boat with people, like you, be able to manage you get time. a lot of FaceTime, you get a lot of relationship building, you get a lot of, a lot of one-on-one time with people. Not and to mention like relationship building specifically, 16 days, like that's an right. adventure. Like that's also, yeah. your friends for life. Conference Wi-Fi yeah. is not great in general. I don't know what it's down <laughs> No, and they actually say on the site, like, do not count on having Wi-Fi, period, end of story. I mean, how so, do we I mean, do any work? Let me just live code well, my whole talk. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't and tweet, that's the thing, right? what, what's the point? <laughs> depends on what your, what your metrics are from conferences, right? But, like, if you're talking relationship building and, and wanting to actually get to know people, like, for me, yes, it's a ridiculous business expense, but I work for myself, and a lot of what my work is dependent on is my networking. Like if I'm not out networking with people, if I'm not meeting new people, new department heads, everything else, there's, I'm not going to have people in my pipeline. I'm not going to have companies in my pipeline to work with. And so for me, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch still, (laughs) I'll admit, but there's a valid, like, well, if, if the audience is, who has originally expressed interest in it, which is a lot of business leaders, a lot of CEOs, a lot of higher ups in companies, as well as some developers, as well as some developer relations folks who are wanting to check that six or like the last continent off on their list, right? (laughs) Then there's a fairly good chance of networking time. Plus it's fun and it's a place that I would always want to go. So, so I don't know, but yeah, if you're interested, 
Send us the postcard. Right? CFP is open through January 14th, I believe. Yeah. Um, the official, it's actually not until 2020. Yeah. So it happens so, January of 2020. So you got time to plan. You can, yeah, you can come up with it. If you, you have a year to come up with a compelling reason to go to the Antarctic. Right. Eh, you're looking at it wrong. It's not a compelling reason to go there. It's a compelling reason to spend 16 days with influential people on a boat. That's true. That's true. All about the storytelling. I mean, we, we tell stories about not putting a bunch of important people on the same boat, but whatever. Right. <laughs> I do recall working anyway. for companies that were like, everyone who works in a, in a single department cannot be on the same plane. Because if mm -hmm. said plane has mm -hmm. issues, entire department is gone. Yep. Yep. And that was like the yep. gentle legalese euphemism they had in the contract. Oh, yeah, but, for uh, sure. Other, other than the possibility of going to the Antarctic, like what, what's, what's big for 2019? Like what's going to be exciting? Um, I'm excited to see where DevRel is heading. And I know that's a super generic way of saying it, but like just the sheer number of job postings that I've seen lately and the way that I've seen those job postings change from the generic, like here's eight different jobs that we're combining into one position and we expect someone to fill all these things. Like I'm actually starting to see people approach those job descriptions with, okay, what are the goals of the company? How do we want to, you know, say generically that this role fits into those goals and then you kind of figure out where you fit in and how you do that based on other things. But I'm starting to see things shift slowly, but even just the sheer amount of developer advocate, community manager, technical community building roles that are available these days as opposed to the last few years is, is blowing my mind. Yeah. It feels like things are just becoming a lot more legitimatized, legitimized, I guess is the right word. Legitima, legitimize, who knows? <laughs> we just go with a little bit more legitimate, legitimate. <laughs> um, but with that, I think like a lot of the, you know, like the metrics and it's just becoming more, it's not a um, let's try it out. It's okay. Now mm -hmm. we tried it out. We're either going to do this or we're not. And what numbers are we going to base it off of? And I feel like the past, you know, this past year for a lot of the companies, it was like a trial situation of, is this something we want to do? And even with like the, the help that you guys are being, you know, doing as far as the services that you're providing sort of the community as a community, I think also adds that legitimacy to the, just the maturing of this role. Um, and I feel like we're starting to see real, conversations pop up like you pointed out mary like not just sort of surface conversations but like deeper more thoughtful conversations about devrel um even the term um has been you know sort of changed and morphed a little bit i know at microsoft we're now you know strictly advocates um and uh and that's a, another conversation that's been kicked around here a lot recently is is what's the right term for the role that we do anyway it just feels like it's you know, I wouldn't say like we've arrived, but like it's now, mm -hmm. this is a real, this is a real thing for a lot of companies yeah. and they're putting yeah. some budget behind it and it's time to get serious. So I don't know. It feels, it feels cool and exciting to be like part of that conversation as it's, as it's coming to head. Yeah, I do. I do feel that um, DevRel is, first of all, it's definitely become less of a checklist item. Like, yes, we're supposed to, our VC says we should have this check. We have one um, and become more of a, under, an understood role within an organization. Maybe because someone wrote a book about it that may have legitimized. <laughs> but, uh, but, ser but seriously, like, 
Um, I, I do know a lot of people, a lot of business owners who read Mary's book and were like, oh, th- well, I never understood this before. Now it makes sense, like why you would do this. Um, and maybe it's not the right time for them or whatever, but, but I referred to a few people and they've been like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I, I do think that that goes into a little bit of what Jason was saying. It's because we're losing that title of dev evangelist. I think that was one of the most damaging things. Um, the, the title of dev evangelist along with the, all we do is show up, buy booze for everybody, party and shoot t-shirt guns into the air. And woohoo, we make plushies and we have no value. We, we are the Kardashians of the, the tech community. Um, like, <laughs> and I think that that's the image a lot of people had, but, but mm-hmm. through the work of people like you two and, and others in our community, we've been able to see the value in what we do. Um, I mean, we all know, I probably don't help the image. I just go around places and shoot my mouth off with whatever pops into my head. It's just that, like, I have some really good stuff that pops into my head. It's really good. Um, so yeah, but you're also having, but you're also having a lot of conversations that aren't happening in the places that you're traveling to, right? With the companies. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Don't do that. Or if you want to do that, it needs to be prefaced with these things over here. Right. Yeah. I mean, in in, I, in fairness, like the the conversations that I've I've been lucky enough to have lately have circled around newer things, like the idea of, mm-hmm. yeah, like most of Devrel is white. That is yeah. definitely true. Um, it is my job then as a white male to change that face and mentor people who don't look like me and bring them into this role in this community of communities, if you will, which is kind of how I've always looked at DevRel. It's, it's a community of communities. Um, mm-hmm. There's some overlap. There's some Venn diagramism there. But for the most part, like, you know, it's, yeah, it's all tech, which is a very vacuous statement. Um, but I think it's very cool that in 2019, like things are emerging, things are becoming better, things are improving for everyone in the community. And I think that's a positive thing. Yeah. Although I want to, I want to counter that a little bit. Um, counter away. For those of you who, <laughs> for those of you who read uh, DevRel Weekly, which I put out on Thursdays, usually sometimes uh, it goes out every week. It just doesn't necessarily go out on Thursday mornings. Anyway. For those of you who read Devro Weekly, uh, you'll notice that last week I actually called out, there was a lot of just really negative stuff on Twitter around the DevRel industry and around people trying to figure out what DevRel is and whether it's worthwhile and a lot of tweets of uh, people who are fairly influential saying things like, you know, DevRel shouldn't be full-time DevRel, we should be half-time DevRel and half-time developers, or, you know, I'm noticing a lot of DevRel quote-unquote drivel coming out. Um, other people saying that they're seeing, you know, de- the term developer relations being co-opted by marketing teams and sales teams because they're seeing that that's a relevant and, and buzzwordy term these days. And so I'm kind of wondering if um, as, as we're growing, as we're becoming more prevalent as we're becoming more in the spotlight and people are starting to understand the value of it. If 2019 is also going to bring some of the frustration of damn it, stop stealing our term. <laughs> oh, sure. I think, I think there's going to be backlash and I agree like that. That's the thing that you're talking about. The thing that 
I admit that I responded to and totally fell into that and then pulled you into it um, on Twitter is 100% what I expected to see around this time. It's kind of yeah. like um, with anything, like it's kind of, it's, it, you know, to compare it to a programming language. Oh, it's, it's brand new and we all love it. Oh, it's so cool. We all have to use it. Oh, it's matured and it's stabilized. Oh, it's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I think we've reached the, we're, we're about to reach the mature stabilized point, which is when people are going to start gatekeeping and saying right. what's good and bad about DevRel. And that's the worst possible scenario. Anytime right. gatekeeping occurs, it's terrible. So saying well, I think part of what it- makes DevRel, what makes a person good at DevRel and what makes a person not good at DevRel and what they should do for their job. And I mean, I've had several people tell me to my face, like you can't, cons- you cannot possibly be a developer advocate and not work directly for a product or a company. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for over a year. Go to hell. <laughs> And I think part of it too is, and I mean, we've seen this with the DevRel Collective, the Slack team that we have, that like, you know, people are applying to join the group and checking the box saying, yes, I do developer relations. I'm a developer advocate. I'm a developer evangelist. And then talking about what they're doing and explicitly saying, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm a sales engineer or I'm a, I'm a demand gen marketing person who does developer focused content. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, but that's not. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> right. And so it's, it's interesting seeing some of those lines being blurred and people starting to go, well, but I, I want to be a part of this. And the, the interesting thing that we've run into a couple of times now in the Slack team, at least is where, you know, there are people who can point to, well, but I am doing developer relations like things, you know, I'm, I'm getting feedback to our product team during the sales calls. I'm, uh, creating content that developers are finding useful. And so there's, we're back to that point of, well, yes, DevRel is part marketing, it's part product, it's part engineering, and look, it's even part sales at times. But well, figuring out how that fits in and what, quote unquote, actually qualifies. I don't know. Well, it's also an understanding of like, you know, this is, this is a conversation I was with uh, one of my clients, one of their sales engineers, he's actually the director of technical sales. And he was like, the thing that people don't ever understand is everyone's in sales. It's -hmm. the most basic concept. I know that uh, when he was at GitHub, Donish Khan did a wonderful presentation about it because he was like, I'm here to do a dev evangelist job, but that's because everyone's in sales. And let me explain how that works. Um, And I'll see if I can link it up. I'll I'll add it to the notes, but it's, it's true. Everyone's in sales. You put on the t-shirt, you put on the hat, you put on the fancy socks. Everyone's in sales. Well, it's a, it's a job all of us so and at the end of the day we're getting paid by the company that's providing some sort of service or product so there's even if you can disguise it in some way um, it, you're, you're still you're still working for you know working for a service or, or provider of service or some sort of product so I, there's no way to get around that and I, mm-hmm. I just feel like that anybody would suggest that the, the advocacy role is only for the true you know for the truest um, hearted right. we only do it for only the, true believers develop community or our community or whatever. No, I mean, I got to eat just like anybody else. But I think that this is really more of a problem with, there's just so many implementations of this kind of thing. And it depends on the industry, depends on the company, depends on what they're, what they're slinging. Like there's, there's just no right or wrong answer. It just sort of depends. And so when people start comparing how do you do it and what's important to you and what's important to the business, there's just no right or wrong. And I think we all get maybe 
um, sidetracked in, in what we do and feel like there's pure advocacy. And if you're doing too much, that looks like lead gen or whatever, like that, that's just kind of a, your own personal view of, of that scenario. But at the end of the day, we're all still, you know, one getting paid by somebody doing it for doing a job that brings in revenue. Um, but our heart still remains with trying to help people. And there's lots of different ways to help people. And there's a lot of different type of people that we're trying to help too. So I'm trying to help the, the engineering team do one thing, but I'm also trying to help the sales team make sure they can feed their kids. So who you're helping and how you're going to implement it is really up to you and people need to just shut up about it, I guess. Done. Yeah. Ooh. And that's, that's actually one of the things that I'm curious about in, in these next few years to see, like I'm hearing from folks who are looking for jobs that they're really, really frustrated by the ambiguity of, well, at one company, it means I write content at another company. It means that I speak at another company. It means I'm doing documentation and another company it means sample apps, like pick a thing and stick with it. And I've talked to him about like, well, it, it depends on. And, and, and to be fair, at a lot of companies, a lot of the companies, it means all of those, it means things. all of those. Exactly. But you know what, where I come down and I talk about this a lot in the book is that like, there's not a specific quote unquote right way to do it because it's going to depend on what, what the company goals are. It's going to depend on what works with your specific community. It's going to depend on what your specific you know, strengths are and what you're able to do and what team you're under and everything else. And so it's, it's frustrating, but I also don't know if there's a way to say, these are the tasks that a developer relations team is responsible for period, end of story, or these are the tasks that a developer advocate does, right? Like it's constantly changing and that's part of it is flexibility. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why anytime I'm working with a company who's hiring you, cool make sure one of the bullet points of things that you're looking for is someone who's able to be flexible. Cause if you're not willing to, to change, if you're not willing to look at things in a different perspective, you're not going to be a good fit for this role. Well, I think the thing is too, I, th I think this role at, like, which kind of kicked off this, this section of conversation, it in and of itself is growing and evolving what it mm -hmm. means, what it is, how it's defined, how companies look at it, how practitioners look at it. It's constantly growing. If you're not able to deal with that, if you just want a straight job where you walk in and say, hey, my job is to stamp rubber, rubber ducks. Boom. That's what I'm going to do all day. Boom. There are plenty of jobs for that. This job is never going to be that. I don't, I don't know that we'll ever reach a full definition of what it means to do what we do. Um, I just try to go out and do the best job I can. Well, that's part of the reason why I like the, the more umbrella definitions of like, cool, developer relations is having, having the best possible impact on the, the technical audience that we work with, right? And that might exactly. mean writing content. That might mean speaking and building awareness. That might mean working with product on documentation. That might mean a number of things. But if my end goal is creating the best possible experience for my technical community and my technical audience, then that takes a lot of different views and a lot of different perspectives, depending on what the company goals are. Agreed. I think on that note, we've been going for a good 25 minutes now. Um, maybe it's a good time for checkouts, our final checkouts of the year. Um, I'm the only one who filled out this section of the document. Yeah, I'm struggling. I, I, I'm too busy to even think about stuff I, like this. I will, I will go first and then maybe this will trigger something in your, in your heads. 
Um, but the first, the first checkout I actually had was in no way something new. Um, it's something I've gone back to. Uh, I used to be uh, in the post-Internet Explorer days. Uh, I was a big Firefox user before Chrome came out. When Chrome came out, just like every tech head in the world, I was like, oh, shit, it's new and it's by Google. It must be wonderful. Um, but it's kind of come to light in the past few months that Chrome has some serious security flaws to go along with its heavy, heavy CPU and, uh, and processor usage. Um, so Chrome has issues and will crash many things. So I've gone back to using Mozilla's Firefox. Um, they came out in, uh, in most benchmarks. It's faster than Chrome. It's less heavy than Chrome. Uh, they don't compare it to things like Internet and Explorer, Internet Explorer and Safari because no one uses those things. Um, and so, I mean, Safari, Safari won this year as the number one browser that people use to download Chrome and Firefox. Uh, so okay. I've gone back to using it. I've actually seen like the resources usage just like unlock on my machine. Like things have gotten so much better using mm -hmm. Firefox. So that's my first checkout. Check out the new old Mozilla Firefox. It's pretty cool. Um, the other thing is uh, I read this book that is not also not new called Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. Uh, it's one of his overlooked works, but the book itself is good. It has an interesting story about a carnival and some kids that seem like they might be in the Midwest, like they never really specify where. Some weird things that go on the, on the carnival. But what's brilliant about this book is actually the prose. It's so beautiful. I read probably about 70% of the book to my wife who would stay awake just to listen to the words. Like not even my voice because my voice is crap. We all know that. Um, especially at the end of the day. But like the words that he used to describe certain things about childhood or the way things look when you see them at three o'clock in the morning versus three o'clock in the afternoon. The idea of night being a magical time, like all of these words were just brilliant. And so I high, highly recommend this book. The story is also amazing, um, but definitely check it out. And if, if for no, just flip through it and read some of the passages of people talking about, you know, the way they look at relationships or, you know, the sun on a certain day. It's just absolutely beautiful, absolutely descriptive and amazing. Those are my checkouts. Nice. I can't stretch it out any further than that. <laughs> time. I got, I got, I got a few things, but Mary, you go ahead if you're ready. Sure. Um, so mine, I have one that's a thing that I can actually endorse and a couple that I'm looking forward to. Um, so I've been trying to intentionally get myself reading more again. Um, I've always loved reading and I just, I think I haven't had the time and the headspace and the inclination to read except for like, cool, I'm not tired. Let me read before I go to bed and five minutes later I'm asleep. <laughs> um, anyway, so that being said, I have a couple businessy books that I'm going to be working through over the next few months. Um, I have officially set aside Fridays as my like, uh, professional development and also business development type days. So a combination of like, let me get all my receipts into fresh books. Let me make sure all my invoicing is taken care of. Let me take care of anything that's business related that I don't have time to do during the week. Um, as well as let me make sure my goals are on track. Let me make sure things are set up for next week. Anyway. So the, the two books that I've started reading that I'm going to keep going through, um, one is called start by John Acuff. Um, and it's a great book for just like, I, I have a tendency to over plan, um, or, or have things loosely sketched out and then never actually start stuff. Um, 
And so it's a good, a good book about just like, you know, just, just freaking get going on it and you can edit later and revise later, but just, you have to start. Um, the other one's called the one thing, um, which is about focusing priorities and, and how to get started and how to stay productive. Um, which is something that I've been focusing on a lot this year. So I'll be coming back and reporting on both of those in the near future. Uh, so I've been listening to Audible a little bit more recently too while I've been doing activities around the house or taking my dog out for a walk or when I'm taking a break in the afternoons. Um, and I came across Michelle Obama's new book, Becoming, the other day. Um, and it's an autobiography looking at you know everything from experiences from her childhood and things that shaped her all the way through the eight years that she and her husband spent in the White House. And it's, it's been fascinating to hear things from her perspective um, and to learn about how some of the things impacted her, to learn about how you know, she never actually wanted President Obama to go into politics in the first place. And so learning about that, learning about the presence of her mother, and I didn't realize her mother lived with them all eight years in the White House as well, and just some of the things that they experienced and the, the battles that they fought, um, but all from her perspective. And it's just been, it's been a really, really good listen, really fascinating. So definitely highly recommend that. Does she, does she um, narrate the book herself? She narrates the book herself, which is oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I mean, I have to download that one. Actually, I need to get some books for my uh, road trip here this week. Um, yeah, I had to really rack my brain for this one. I've been traveling for the past two weeks and haven't just really haven't had any kind of free time to do anything at all. Um, but I just got home over the weekend and rested up. And I had ordered a book while I was traveling that showed up uh, while I was gone about Bitcoin and blockchain, which um, uh, I was recommended to because I do have a little bit of blockchain or a little bit of Bitcoin that I had been stashing away from the very beginning. But um, anyway, I won't, I won't uh, give any spoilers, but if you're into Bitcoin, if you've been collecting some, um, so far so good as far as like, this one's really opening my eyes to, to some different things about the whole um, cryptocurrency, specifically blockchain um, that I hadn't thought of, um, for better or worse. Anyway, it's a good book so far, so I can recommend that. Uh, and it's called Attack of the 50-Foot Blockchain. And I'll put a link in the, in the uh, notes. And then the other thing I'm sure I've probably mentioned before, but this thing is becoming like worth its weight in gold every single time I use it. But Headspace, the app, um, is kind of like a guided meditation app. But it's also, they've been adding a lot of other things to it where they've now got some stuff in there to help you get to sleep, which was a lifesaver um, as I was skipping across multiple time zones over the past two weeks. Um, and they've also just, they've got really good um, video content. They have these little one minute kind of, um, I wouldn't call them motivational movies or videos, but they're, I don't know, they've got a really nice message with each of them. And they're just these really kind of simple animations um, with the, the guy who does most of the, um, the guided meditation, his voice is narrating those little stories. So I don't know, whatever they're doing at Headspace, like I'm sold, it's all it's pretty rad stuff. And it's been a huge help with, um, clearing my mind, kind of being focused as I start my day, but also like unwinding at the end of the night when I just can't get to sleep for whatever reason. So uh, Headspace, check it out for sure. I think that's fair. I think one of the toughest parts of this job that people don't realize is like you come home from the conference party or the get together, even a couple of drinks with people you were at the conference with and you are buzzing with information, everything that you've compacted into your, 
your your literal headspace all day. So I, that's got to be a great tool. Thanks for sharing that, Jay. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome for spinning down at the end of the day, but also like just kind of focusing in the in the morning. I've used it uh, religiously on these on these longer trips just to sort of center myself. Even if you're really not, even if meditation just feels weird to you, it's it, it's really just sitting and, and thinking about some some very specific things with somebody with this really soothing voice kind of walking you through the whole thing. And uh, at the end of it, I always feel great. Very cool. Very cool. Also look okay. into that because I've been looking to, looking to add stuff to my morning routine that'll start my day off on a better foot. So I'll take a look. Cool. Awesome. And I think that successfully wraps up 2018 for the Community Pulse. Um, I, I personally would like to thank every guest we've had on this year. Uh, you know who you are. Hello, um, I'm Chloe Condens. I am Jill Jabinski. And hey everyone, I'm Matt Broberg. So I am the Ember Sore, but as Mary pointed out, uh, because we're all friends here, you can call me Vicky. Um, so we've got Kelsey Hightower with us. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so. Hi, I'm Greg Bulnash. Very cool, and we also have uh, the illustrious Jay J- Paul Reed with us. Hey, how's it going? It's good. To, thanks for asking me on the show. It's great to be here. Oh, hello. I'm Lona. Hello. I'm Testa Merrow. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin Reese. Uh, hi, I'm Karina Zona. Okay. I am Emily Freeman. Hello. My name is Harper Reed. I think we've had an awesome year, and I think we're going to have an awesome 2019. And thanks to uh, IBM Developer for sponsoring this year and making things awesome. And Jason, Mary, thanks to you guys for being absolutely amazing and creating this thing that we all enjoy. And uh, with that, happy holidays. Um, I'm PJ at Asplenic on Twitter. I'm Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. And I'm Mary Thingval at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. And I want to add to what PJ said, thanks to our listeners. Thanks to all of you who are tuning in. Thanks to all of you who have subscribed. Thanks to the handful of you who have left reviews. Um, that goes a long way and that makes us not only uh, warm and fuzzy to know that other people are listening and care enough to leave us a review, but it also helps other people find us. So if you have a minute while you're on vacation during the holidays, jot us a note, leave a review for us um, and send other people our way. But also if you have ideas on things that we should talk about in 2019, uh, hit us up on Twitter, community underscore pulse. Um, leave us a review with some suggestions of things we should talk about and, and we'll chat more soon. Or look for us. We are not hard, hard to find people. You can find us just about anywhere. And be sure to say hi if you see us in person, like Jason said earlier. Yeah. Can't wait to meet more people, more people. High fives for everyone in 2019. All right. Happy new year, everyone. Happy new year, everybody. This has been another episode of the community polls podcast. Find us on Twitter at community underscore pulse, online at communitypulse.io, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll see you next time.